0: WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers, and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another Upfront program. It is middle of the week Wednesday, and I uh, want to thank a few of our guests for uh, stopping by. Uh, Brian Newberry on Monday and uh, get his take on a few things and uh, also uh, Gabe Amo uh candidate for Congress Democrat get his take on uh on things and uh, so that brought us to Wednesday tomorrow um we'll talk about Wednesday today's program in a second tomorrow Chris Bouley will be doing a program from Las Vegas and uh, we'll chat with him and uh, he'll talk a little bit about uh a whole bunch of issues on the program, including his take uh, on the uh, the hostilities in the Middle East. Friday morning, John Brien will uh, do his Friday morning program. Uh, today, uh, we had Brian Newberry on Monday, so I was uh, thinking about this guy, uh, John Brian and asked him to join me here on the program today. And he said, well... Uh, but uh, you know I I work on uh, Fridays with my program and my format and Saturday and with a format and so what would we do on Wednesday we're going to do a whole bunch of things uh, so uh so I'd like to introduce uh John Brian to the microphone John is uh you know he's a state representative he's a rotarian he's a talk show host he's a lawyer There are a lot of things that we can mention on the air, right? Good morning, Roger. How are you this morning? I'm good.
1: Thank you for having me. Jack of all trades, apparently master of none, Uh, (laughs) so it seems. But no, it's nice to be here. It's nice to be in studio on this side of the board, not having to press any buttons, not having to do anything but sit back and watch you do all the work.
0: Our Friday program uh, has um, an opening uh, with the real estate question of the day, and you pose it to uh, Bob Martin. And so, uh, I thought that I would uh, probably pose a few uh, radio questions of the day uh, to you and get your reaction to them. Now, the first one, uh, if you don't mind, and incidentally, it's open line conversation if you want to uh, call in. You're welcome to do that. Now, this guy here uh, is, I don't think he likes me too much. And I wanted to talk about <laughs> criticism and, and, and how you take criticism. And... Um, You know, do do you say if anybody criticizes you, do you just say, "Well, they don't know; they're ignorant; they don't know what they're talking about"? So, this guy writes to me um, yesterday. I should know better by now that you just can't ask the question as written. So, when the guy sends me questions or or statements, I read them, and if I, you know, you know, I'm a kind of gentler type of soul. I'm I'm not the one that uh, is confrontational. I change the wording a little bit. Uh, I guess you'd call it, uh, if you were running a newspaper, editing. And so I, I soften the question or I'll take things out if I have a guest in the studio. And um, and I think it's going to be um, embarrassing to them or I, I think it's going to be uh, like uh, make them uncomfortable. I won't do it. Now, I know some talk show people will do it. And uh, they don't care, you know. Uh, If they uh, have an embarrassing question or something to ask, they'll ask it. Now, if somebody sent in an email about you and I said, gee, this would really put them on the spot, I probably wouldn't read it. Why? Because um, it's just my uh, character. So, here's a question of the day. The real estate question of the day, no. The radio broadcasting question of the day, how do you handle criticism? Somebody calls and says, I don't like the way that uh, you're portraying the uh, mental state of Mr. Uh, Joe Biden, and you should be more kinder and gentler, even though you still can talk about it.
1: Well, I mean, I think you handle it the right way, and I I think you're right. You don't want to be inflammatory with the guests in your studio. And so if you get an email question for a studio guest, and that email question is written in a way that, The listener wants the question to be conveyed and not so much you as the interviewer. You can get to the same, you know, it's the old saying, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So you can get to the same place, but the listener wants to have that satisfaction of that zinger in the studio. Well, they're not in the studio, they're not the one doing the interview, they're not the one making an uncomfortable situation for the interviewer and the interviewee. So I think that, you know, you have to use... Uh, your poetic license when you get the opportunity, if if, if if it's appropriate. If someone sends a question or a comment, I get a lot of emails. Uh, and so people send questions and comments and they say one thing or another about other elected officials or about um, the president or about the status of the United States in general, I'll read that if nobody's in the studio because that's just their opinion and they want to get their opinion across. So I think it's a case by case basis and I, I think you're right. How do I deal with criticism? Well, I just consider the source. If I'm being insulted by far left progressive individuals, I just take that as a badge of honor. I couldn't care less. Um, it shows me that, you know, their, their hypocrisy only lifts me up. Uh, if I get criticism by someone who I really respect, you know, there have been times when I've been doing a radio show, and you and I have kind of have had conversations about the content of the show, the approach, um, etc, well, then I'll take a minute and listen, because I, I consider it to be constructive criticism. But if it's political opponents just coming at me and saying dumb stuff," or it's people out there that I say, "Okay, like on my show on Friday, I'll say, uh, "Tell me one good thing Joe Biden has done during his administration." And uh, that brings me back to what Mr. Uh, Amos said yesterday, and we could talk about that later. but uh, So I say, tell me one good thing the president has done. And someone calls and says, "Uh, yeah, but Trump. I say, well, that person is dumb, and they don't know what they're talking about, and they're just in outer space. So if they're going to say, oh, you're just this and that uh, because they're using their ideology rather than their logic, rather than their fact-finding abilities— uh, that doesn't bother me. I mean, it, it just, I just, again, I consider the source, and that, that's what it's all about.
0: Anger and name-calling. Let's take up those two topics. If you listen to national radio hosts, some of them sound like they're angry. Uh, they're um, they are mad at the world. Some of them are very calm and talk about the issues of the day. Um, even when you look at the uh, radio station here, some of our talk show hosts, they sound so angry and, and so forth. And there's ai uh, am leading to a question on this, our next question of the day. And they sound mad, and some of them are so gentle. Does the approach of getting upset, um, does it cancel out your argument somewhat and, and make you less convincing to your audience that anger? I mean, I just heard it um, you know recently on the station and um, and all of a sudden uh, I'm not listening to the message anymore I'm concentrating on the anger uh, of the person okay Uh, I'm guilty of that sometimes I get angry but at this
1: point at this point in history at this point in time I don't know how you can't be angry about so many things you know you see the country that that we love uh, and and we honor and cherish every day it seems as though we're really starting to slide off the cliff, um, and, and and you wonder how is it happening, and so you don't you don't want to see that, and you kind of want to go kicking and screaming, and so you do get angry. So there are topics that I will bring up that I am you know, and people will listen and say, "Wow, you are on fire." Um, there are topics that light me up, that make me on fire, and it's hard not to let that emotion through but i think overall your listeners will ultimately feel your frustration and they feel it too and so they can identify with you and sometimes when i'm the most emotional or the most invested in a particular topic that's when the phones really light up because you inspire people to call sometimes <laughs> you embolden people to call that haven't called before on a on a certain Issue and, and I think it's like anything else, Roger. I think that there are people who, like me, and and Roger Bouchard and others on this station, John Dion, they will listen because they like the host. And sometimes they won't listen because they don't like the host. You know, in life, I don't know if you're aware of this, there are always people that like you, and there are always people that don't. And, uh, you know, you can only try to win those people over But if it's ideology, if it's personality, if it's things other than fact that hold them back from giving you a chance, well, it's really a them problem and and not you. But anger, there's a place for anger. Not all the time. You know, not all the time. I do uh, two different shows here. I do the Friday edition of the Upfront show. I bring the topics. I'm very focused. Uh, I'm very quick with the callers i want them to stay on topic i run that as a very uh tight talk show and then you've got saturday and i do the saturday soapbox and boy i've got a different persona on saturdays because on saturdays listen um It's a free-for-all, whatever it is that you want to talk about. And so if I was angry on the Saturday soapbox, I could see where I could lose people because that's not a place for anger. That's a place to talk about everything from the president of the United States to whether you're seeing enough squirrels getting ready for the winter.
0: The anger question, the reason I asked you about that is that um, uh, you admitted that you sometimes uh, get angry, but... um, I'll have to come back and retort that uh, you may get angry, but you don't sound angry. Your voice doesn't shudder or, or have a, a tone to it where it sounds like you're going to break down in the studio, you know. So, uh, so therefore, angry to me is that you're upset by some of the things that are going on in the world, but you don't sound bitter about them. You just sound like uh, you're upset by them. I just wanted to make that distinction. Yeah. This is the Upfront program. John Brian is with us. And um, he, this is not his uh, first time doing talk shows. Uh, we asked him to do uh, some talk shows here on WNRI simply because he's done them before. Uh, wh- what is the difference between Woonsocket Radio and and <laughs> going into Providence? Um, so we're, we're, we're talking about the 34th largest market in the country, Providence, Rhode Island, in terms of, how radio is measured 34th a lot bigger markets but on the other hand uh the one socket market uh in is about 381 down so there's a difference <laughs> in um or is, is there a difference when you did a you did a few programs uh, on different stations you did some television um is there a big difference or or does the callers kind of make the difference yeah i think i think <laughs> all of the above i think when you're
1: dealing with the, the Providence market, I mean, really, the only one of the main differences is you're just dealing with a bigger signal, Roger. You're just dealing with a, 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 a wider circle, broadcast circle that you're going out there. Um, but I think talk radio attracts a certain type of person, someone that is generally informed of the topics or tries to be. Uh, you, you can't. Pay attention to talk radio and not have an idea of what's going on, for good or for bad. You might live in a totally fictional world, but you know what's going on in that fictional world. I think that the 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 engagement of the callers is the same, whether it is the Providence market or the socket market. I think when you've got a national company uh, like Cumulus that owns a station in Providence or. Whatever they're gonna, those operations are always going to be um, bigger. They're going to feel bigger. There's going to be bigger, bigger office building, bigger studio, um, you know, more equipment. So <clears throat> I would say that, but they don't have the feel that WNRI does. And I joke with you all the time about WNRI, um, but WNRI has a feel of home for me. Whereas in Providence, it's like. You always felt you're going into someone else's studio and you have to go in there and then you're leaving you know here in uh <laughs> here at WNRI it's just a big
0: commune here and the chairs of one out here in the studio <laughs> yeah
1: it's just a big co- the commune here and a big a big a big hippie commune here in the studio and we all you know we all kind of live here but it's comfortable, and um, I feel very at home here, and I and I love it. I mean, I, I I was always grateful that you gave the opportunity for me to do a couple of shows here, and I actually look forward to it every week. I love it, I really do, and I love the listeners, I love the callers, and um, I you know I have the gift of gab, so I like to talk, and so I find Friday to be the way I look at my shows is I look at Friday to be my Psychological therapy to try to you know get some of that angst off of my shoulders that 's bothering me all week long about the world uh, and Saturday, I feel more like it 's a public service it 's giving people it 's giving people a forum to talk about whatever they want, and so it 's different it 's not as commercialized that 's certainly one of the ways I would say.
0: All right, uh for one final uh, topic on talk shows uh, because we're going to talk about some other things. Name calling. So, what happens is that uh you um you you have somebody that that you don't like. Somebody that doesn't impress you. And um you hear people call uh, all the time and they'll comment on um well they they don't like the haircut. That that person has. They don't like the way they hear, way they wear their hair. It has nothing to do with the content of what they're going to talk about. Uh, they they don't like their bald head. You know, the fact that they don't have a full head of hair is something disparaging to them. Uh, bad teeth. You know, I think he's stupid, and you should see his teeth. Also, uh, they're too short. Uh, the person uh, just doesn't meet the standards of being uh, the, the right height. They're too tall. Did you see how big that attorney general is? Boy, oh boy, he must know what he's talking about. Do you see how short that guy is? He must be stupid, <laughs> uh, right? Uh, and and then how about disheveled? Uh, they walk in. They're not wearing a suit or a tie. They're wearing pajamas. They are handshake. Did you that I shook hands with Bouchard? He that was limp. He must be he must be gay. <laughs> you know? There must be something wrong with him. What about that when people on a talk show call in and criticize the president of the United States on issues? I mean, we we there's enough to criticize him on, but as you know, is it his appearance? Should you criticize Donald Trump for the way he wears his hair? Should you criticize somebody? uh, Or should you try to, you know, concentrate on content? How much have you encountered in that? I I encounter it all the time. Well, I think
1: in general, um, (laughs) you'll get a lot of... You get a lot of that from the left. And what I mean by that is the, the left will... They can't talk about Donald Trump without being disparaging his hair, the color of his skin. the They call him the Orange Man. His ties. his ties, his ties. All they're right, they, they they can't talk about Donald Trump without physically disparaging marks remarks. Whereas, um, it, it seems to me that if you want to talk about Joe Biden, if you're talking about his appearance. Or you're talking about his height or whatever it may be. You're just not paying attention because there's enough facts to talk about other substantive failures. Uh, and so I, I, I just find that if you're going to that kind of that level of insult, uh, particularly about one's appearance or um, one's stature or whatever, uh, you're just not thinking and you're just you know, you're know you you're a, a weak minded individual who can't really come up with. Stuff to say But just wants to insult someone so bad I've been called every insult in the book Um, I know And I I honestly uh, I couldn't care less Because I know what's true And what's not true um and so if you call me a racist a xenophobe a homophobe a transphobe a white nationalist a white supremacist a fascist all of which i've been called
0: yeah but that's okay but i don't like your glasses oh that's <laughs>
1: well you don't have to like my glasses because you don't have to wear them if uh i could get better glasses if I got paid a little bit more here from WNRI, but I don't see that coming, but we'll have to...
0: Dollar Tree glasses, are uh, there's nothing wrong with them. <laughs>
1: 2.5. So I just think that um, personal insults are the byproduct of a weak intellect.
0: Uh, we're going to take a break in a moment, but I do want to, you know, uh, I have to pay Mr. Brian for, uh, for being here. So he's a member of the Rotary Club, and he's chairman of the Wine and Beer uh, uh, tasting uh, coming up. Have you heard your public service announcement? I actually
1: haven't. I'm, I'm sure John did a, John Jr. did a great job, but I haven't heard it. It's that time of year. It's time for the Woonsocket Rotary Club's Beer and Wine Tasting and Silent Auction, Monday, November 13th at 6 p.m. at the Museum of Work and Culture. Come and enjoy many national brands as well as local offerings from LOPs. Sons of Liberty, Providence Brewing Company, Rhode Island Spirits, and others. Tickets are $30 per person, and appetizers will be served. You can get some early Christmas shopping done with our wonderful gift baskets and auction items, and come and enjoy Fellowship and the flavors of the season at the Woonsocket Rotary Club's Beer and Wine Tasting and Silent Auction, Monday, November 13th at 6 p.m. See you there.
0: You satisfied with that?
1: That's a good ad. I like that ad. The first time I heard it. It's very I think that that, that they you know I, I messed up a lot during that ad, so JR did a great job.
0: All right. um, And so we'll talk a little bit about the Rotary Club and a few other things uh, when we get back on the other side. Let's check in with Hunter Insurance.
1: When choosing an insurance agent, experience, personalized service, and commitment to community is important. For over 20 years, Hunter Insurance has offered the best coverage at the most competitive price. Whether it's personal or business coverage, we'll create an insurance package designed just for you. We offer life insurance and annuities, disability, long-term care insurance, as well as Retirement and college savings plans, Hunter Insurance, an independent five-star agency dedicated to supporting and giving back to the community. Visit us at 389 Old River Road, Lincoln, Rhode Island, or call us at 401-769-9500. At Community Care Alliance, our 500 employees are passionate about strengthening lives. Right now, we have job openings that give you the opportunity to build a stronger community with us. We hire every level in multiple disciplines. We offer competitive salaries, a comprehensive benefit package, including generous vacation, sick time, holidays, and competitive medical and dental coverage. Find out more at www.communitycari.org. Or by calling 401-235-7458, your life experience could contribute to the riches and qualities of care that we provide.
0: So, what's in your appetite? At Grumpy's in South Bellingham, their menu is so expensive, we can satisfy any taste. You may want to try a Grumpy Signature Burger. There are 12 to choose from. And if you like seafood, try our broiled seafood sampler of haddock, scallops, shrimp, lobster, and a stuffed quahog to go along. And you might want to check out our Taste of Italy, too, from eggplant, parmesan, spaghetti and meatballs, and many other Italian choices. And you may want to try a Grumpy Sirloin Steak. Filet Young or a bourbon street steak tip dinner all char broiled to your taste perfection and we have a nightly menu special and also weekend specials kitchen open friday and saturday till midnight restaurant open seven days a week it's time to make it a grumpy's experience today we made it a grumpy's experience last night so, uh John, how do you uh, pronounce this? Uh, my wife had a Chipotle burger. Uh, would you say Chipotle burger? I'd uh, say I'd say Chipotle. Yeah, I would too. That's what she had, and she loved it with their uh, hand-cut um, French fries. I had the uh, sizzling steak fajitas, and when I say sizzling, they come uh, right to your plate, uh, and they're you know the smoke is still rising out of them sauteed onions and bell peppers and i had um, some uh, chopped um, chopped steak in there uh, and of course uh, all the other things that come with fajitas and i think they do a, a great job and and that was my special treat and a nice bottle of wine too at uh, grumpy's nice uh, pleasant uh, dining experience and we certainly hope you'll uh, plan to head over there and maybe go over there for lunch today because as a uh, John Breen says on his uh, Friday's commercial, they're open at noontime, uh, serving a complete luncheon menu. All right, let's get back. Let's rejoin the Upfront program. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, good morning, Roger and John. I guess Garrett Manseri Answered John's inquiry to the city of Woonsocket purchase of property on Mendon Road near Plaza Village without city council knowledge or approval. Will this prompt another Lisa removal from office? Please comment. So it was uh, Mr. Brian that first brought to uh, the attention of the radio audience and myself the Providence Journal story uh, where they have the light, the real estate transactions on Saturday. You looked looked under Woonsocket as you shouldn't. You saw the city purchasing. 1.1 $1. $1 million dollars, and then all the emails started moving back and forth. I got copies of them. We asked uh, Mr. Manseri about it yesterday. Depends on how long it takes to put the information together. I think you know, uh, and we're not. I'm not particularly sure if it will be an executive session because it is negotiating. It was well, it was negotiation of, of city property. <laughs> um, so I think we but need it's to, to, pay to complete. Right, <laughs> so we we well, own it, right. Well, in my opinion, it wasn't done legally, and uh, we're going to explore the uh, option of getting the money back, in my opinion. So um, that's something that, again, we have to look into and see if it's a possibility. Um, so that's why it might not be a, an open session, because there might be some some of that negotiation going back and forth. So uh, really, that's all we can say at, at, at this point, Roger. You
1: uncovered a can of worms there, right, sir. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I was just having a cup of coffee before the show on Saturday, and I saw the the property listings, Roger, and and um, and there it was. And the thing that was curious to me, it just said Menden Road, so I couldn't identify where it was. So I came in, I showed you, I said <laughs> I'm going to ask the question, and uh, I guess it really you know kicked up a hornet's nest because. Then people started contacting me and questions started being asked. And, and uh, it seems that there's a, a case of controversy out there as to whether or not this was uh, an authorized
0: purchase. Well, it's an ongoing news story and it will be with us for a, f- a few weeks or so and we'll uh, follow it. And um, so there it is. Here's uh, the next topic. Uh, misrepresenting uh, emails or as I called them earlier, editing emails to the program, this is from the same uh, listener who says at the bottom, uh, I still love you hugs and kisses, so I, now that's nice. Uh, <laughs> even though the guy's name is Bob, right? I'm, uh, not, he means that in a, uh, a poetic way. Yes. Right? You misrepresenting uh, uh, my email, read it on the air and take a poll. The listeners would have liked to have uh, heard the answer, Only you have a problem with it. So the question is, you know, do you depend on, uh, you know, if you're doing something on your show, would you take a poll and whatever the listeners say for the poll, you would alter what you do? Or do you think sometimes when you're in the broadcasting business for a while that that you understand some things are so and some things are not so? I don't know. What do you think? I think
1: that if I took a, you know, on my Friday morning show, if I said, I'm going to take a poll today and I want you to tell me. Um, would you vote for Donald Trump over Joe Biden? Uh, it would be overwhelming. You would think that if that was the percentage of of Trump voters that he would have been president for 17 terms. Sometimes you know what the answer is going to be when you take a poll. I think that if you take a poll and you say, would you like to see more debates between Gabe Amo and Jerry Leonard? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who's gonna say no so, <laughs> exactly. you, you, so you know the answer already you know what you know what I mean um I think if it's the point like, uh, uh, circling back if the question is you know what the answer is but you just want to have that gotcha moment well that's up to the host and that's why you have a show and that's why you control the board
0: so let's uh, play um, make-believe candidate and I'm gonna be Gabe Amo I and I'm going to answer the question that this uh, caller actually asked. Hey, Booch, ask the candidate why he would not accept WNRI's invitation to debate his opponent on the air. WNRI listeners want to know that. And I'm Gabe Almo. Uh Well, first of all, uh, I don't like small market radio debates. So I don't feel like coming in here into a small market radio. Even though I'm here in your studio right now being interviewed... Uh, I, and I don't know who your, who your uh, debate person would be. Plus, I'm already doing two statewide debates on Channel 10 and 12. And so, therefore, uh, I think I'm going to... Their signals come into Woonsocket, so I think I'm going to be seen in Woonsocket with my views uh, just before the election. And I'm depending on early voting for people to already have voted for me before the debates take place. So there's your answer now. Well, thank you, Gabe, and let's go to commercial. Do you think that's you know? How do you think he would have answered it? Do you think he would have answered it that way? Right,
1: and and I don't, I can't say that that makes for for great radio because the one thing you don't want to say is, well. you know, the WRI, WNRI listeners want to know why you won't agree to a in-studio debate. Well, Roger, the answer is I don't even feel like being here for this interview, and I'm sure not coming back from a, for a, a debate in your small market mm-hmm. station. I mean, that's
0: probably what he's really thinking. Yeah. All I want to do, uh, you know, is uh, debates and whether to do debates here at WNRI are irrelevant to me. That's why I didn't really do much with, uh, with the question um, I just want to know uh, how they feel about the, about the issues. And I had the candidate in the studio, and uh, he Boy, answered some ya. of the questions, and, and he didn't answer some of the other questions. I, I have a feeling uh, when you walked in that you were not impressed with some of the answers that Gabe uh, Amo gave well as you know roger my uh
1: my radio uh is is crazy glued to thirteen eighty w n r i or ninety nine point nine depending on where i am i go a m to f m all the time it's the only station in the world that i ever listen to so, right so uh I, he's lying yeah. so i was he's driving i was driving over listening to um the morning news show and daybreak southern new england and uh, i heard the answer from mr amo you said is there anything that you can criticize the biden administration for and mr amo said yes and i said okay here we go they don't do enough for housing and i'm thinking to myself that's your one criticism i mean I, a, a, an incredibly porous and insecure border um, you know weakness on the world stage you know, complete destabilization of the American energy
0: market, a uh, cost of living that has gone through the roof. John, can I interrupt you for a second? Sure. So, you're a politician, <laughs> and, and, and so is Gabe Amel. I mean, he did win a primary. So, what do you expect, really? And that's why I find these questions interesting. What do you expect a Democrat who's sitting here in the studio who's on the progressive side, uh, and he is running, uh, you know, he's got to say positive things about Biden. So do you really think, if I, if I again played Gabe Amos, said, well, I'll tell you something, Roger. You've asked a question, do I agree with uh, or disagree with any of the Joe Biden? I disagree with all of them. I think his border... And and then run down the whole list. Did you actually expect that you would get an answer
1: like that? No, number one, of course not. But you could differentiate yourself. You could say, yeah, Roger, I think Joe Biden's doing a good job. I don't know how you could say that. I think he's doing a good job. But I think the border policy has failed, and here's why. And you can differentiate yourself. Do you ever think he'd use the word Failed. <laughs> probably not no, no probably not but, but 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 let's change gears just for a second and that's what makes it so wonderful for me and I mean this to be an independent because I don't have to adhere to that kind of garbage like I I just say it like it is I say it all the time it's it's really, it, it, it I, I just, I'm, my purpose is to do what's right. And it's really, it's, it's policy over politics. You know, if you've got a great policy, if you are a Democrat or Republican, I'm all for you. And if your policy stinks, I'm going to say it, Republican or Democrat. And I don't care. And I'm not hampered by the, well, you need to have a certain fealty to the party. You know, you got to be a good boy. You can't say this because they're a Democrat. You can't say that because they're a Republican. Uh, I don't have to deal with that, and I am very happy about that. I love being an independent. I'm the only independent in the General Assembly. There's a certain uh, freedom there, and I think that I'm doing um, the right thing for the district because I can be honest. Now, you had a a guest the other day from the General Assembly, Brian Newberry, and he's a great – he's a Republican, and he's great – Uh, I love serving with Brian. He does a great job for the town of North Smithfield. It's a pleasure to share that little piece of North Smithfield I have uh, with Brian. And I have Democrat friends, I can name many of them, who I think do a great job. But there are Republicans I disagree with. There are Democrats I disagree with. And unfortunately, in something like Gabe Amo, you're going to get that party loyalty. Whereas I think in Jerry Leonard, you're going to get something that's just more the straight talk expressed, so to speak. I mean, I, 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 you know, when Gabe says that his qualifications are working in the Biden and, and, and Obama administrations, you know, that to me is not a plus. That's, that's not a, that doesn't do much for me.
0: Good morning, Roger and John. Right, Sandra. It's great to hear John on, up front this a.m. In my opinion, John is one of the most non-hypercritical honest talk show hosts on radio. I believe he brings forth important issues and good taste with passion and integrity. And John never insults his listeners, who are pertinent to every show. Keep your keep up your great work, John. You may have um, many admir- admirers bringing forth the truth. Looking forward to hearing you Friday and Saturday. Have a great day, Sandra. Here's my next question. Um, on a little statement, Saturday night I uh, went out to the Elks. Hundred fifty club, I think, is what they call it, and they give away uh, pretty much like the Rotary Club does. You know, uh, they had three one thousand dollar prizes and some five hundred dollar prizes. A dinner, very nice. And when we went in, uh, you know, uh, they they said uh, go sit at that table. I sat next to this this person, and I introduced myself, and she said, "I'm Kathy, the Grand Exalted Knight of the Winsocket Elks," and then. And then there was Lisa, and she's in charge of publicity. And it brought me to social clubs, and and service clubs, and so forth. And and they do. Um, we're running an ad for the Elks that says that they're having an event this coming Saturday, and it is to uh, benefit. I'm going to read special needs Christmas party for children. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the Rotary Club and. The service clubs in the area, uh, Nice Columbus. I mean, they all are doing uh, a job, and I and I thought maybe because you know about so many, you could kind of, like, in a broad sense, um, give us a statement as to what these clubs mean to the uh, to the community. Some of them uh, have buildings, and some of them don't have buildings, but boy, do they make an impact!
1: You know, you're right, Roger. This the the clubs in in, in the city all do something different. So you've got like you said, some got some have buildings. So, for instance, um, you look at someone like the Elks. The Elks the, has a building and does a lot of stuff for special needs. Has a lot of stuff for the kids. Does uh, a lot out there um, in their service projects to benefit the community. And the Elks really is is a uh, is on the forefront of that. But at the same time, you've got the Circuloria, and the Circuloria, while not a service club and more of a social club, does a lot of charity work to give, you know, I go to the the, the monthly meetings and they get all, uh, just like the Rotary Club, they get requests for funds and they help a lot of organizations and they do a lot of benefits to help organizations and benefits to help people in the community. The Rotary Club, the Rotary Club doesn't have a building, but as you know, as a longtime Rotarian, the, the Rotary Club is focused on worldwide eradication of polio and locally, I think our focus is helping Uh, a lot of the underprivileged children in the area, particularly being clothed, being able to have a birthday, um, having a, a, a nice place to live. All of the, the, the general theme is that all of these service clubs do this work anonymously. And that's why I really love being a part of the many service clubs I'm in. The Knights of Columbus does incredible work. The toy drive, the seminary and dinner, um, The teens are dynamite. So many different good things. Uh, But they do these things anonymously. And that's the difference between politics. Where people in politics do things and they say, all right, we're doing something. And now we need to make sure we have a photo op to let everybody know that we've done this thing. Um, None of that is present in the social clubs, the, the service clubs. What is present is a desire to do good, make a difference in community, do it quietly... Uh, and, and, and really um, have that ripple effect of throwing a pebble into a pond and seeing those ripples go across and all the good things you can do. One thing about Woonsocket that I've always said, there's a lot of things that you can say about Woonsocket. Many of them are negative, and many of them are justified. But one thing you cannot say is that Woonsocket is not a generous community. One of the hallmarks of this community is that it comes together, we help our own, I've seen it time after time, the service clubs in this, in this city, look, the Lions, uh, and I know many of the longtime Lions are, um, you know, they, they do a lot with the eyeglasses and vision uh, for kids. Everyone comes together in the city to do something, and they do it in such a way that they're not asking for anything in return. And that's the most noble service that I can think of.
0: Just for the record, the current president of Winsocket Rotary is Mark Hanwa. The next president of Winsocket Rotary will be John Brian. Thank you for that uh, dissertation on uh, service clubs. Now, I have a serious question. I have two very quick statements to read That We're in the news, and um, and then I'd like you to comment. Governor Dan McKee has reacted to pro-Palestine rally held Saturday outside the statehouse. Hundreds of protesters called for the U.S. to stop providing aid to Israel. In a statement, the governor condemned what he described as despicable acts of war and terror by Hamas against the people of Israel. McKee also says he supports increased military aid to Israel. Statement number two. The Cranston City Council passed a resolution last night condemning terrorism in Israel. It's in response to the October 7th attacks by Hamas. ABC Channel 6 Providence said the resolution hopes to um, express hope for a safe return of hostages and clearly states Cranston has no tolerance for violence and acts of terror. Two questions. Number one, should city councils like Woonsocket... Or, in this case, definitely, Cranston, it was a resolution. Comment on international affairs or keep the city business. Question number two, finally, well, see, if I put finally the governor responds, and I, I'm kind of like giving my opinion. Um, we'll talk about the state response and what governors should do uh, in an international situation. Let's go to the local level. On the local level, I think that
1: you, you know, city town councilors—they're elected officials. They have a form. They have a form that they can use. And I think if they collectively want to make a statement, I think it makes them feel good. I think it makes them feel relevant. I think it, 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 it kind of helps in the moment. To it, there's not much you can do, but it's the one thing you can do. It's the one thing you can control. You can express formally your righteous indignation with what happened. Uh, on October seventh in in Israel, uh, as far as statewide again there's not the state of Rhode Island saying that we support increased aid to Israel is doesn't do anything I mean that 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 is meaningless It's not going to change a single way that the issue is debated in Congress or whatever that appropriation is. It's just going to be the governor weighing in because he's one of 50 governors. Um, I will say that I find that, that Dan McKee's statement... See, so you have to look between the lines. When all this started, he didn't condemn people in his own party for coming out against Israel and being pro-Palestine. He didn't come out and say... There is no place for anti-Semitism on the steps of the State House or in the city of Providence or anywhere in the state of Rhode Island. The, the chanting, the actions, the words of these protesters was despicable. And I find that there should be no room for these people. They are horribly misinformed. And that this was an offensive display by offensive people with an offensive message. That should have been the response. But instead it's, well, I condemn what happened
0: in Israel. Who doesn't? Mr. Brian, what would happen if the General Assembly were in session right now? Would we get a resolution from the General Assembly? Uh, But there's no General Assembly right now. So there's no mouthpiece of... uh, shall we say, information on how the assembly feels. But if it were, what do you think would happen?
1: Well, two points on that. I'm glad you said what you said for the leader, that we're out of session. I want to speak on that in a moment. What would happen is that there would be conservative members that would try to condemn the actions of Hamas. And (coughs) there would be people that are affiliated with the... Providence, uh, the Providence branch of the Democrats Socialists of America, there would be far-left progressives that would object to such a resolution, and they would try to say that, of course, Israel uh, is, you know, occupiers and colonizers, and this is the great thing. I almost wish we were in session to see that debate so that I could just savagely shame these people into oblivion because, One thing this current issue has done, it has exposed the progressive left for exactly who they are. They are hyper intolerant, rabid anti-Semites who are woefully misinformed about almost every single topic, particularly this one. Um, And it goes to show how hateful they really are, even though they accuse everyone else of hate that they disagree with. That's number one. So this has been a great. Uh, a a great level and a great lesson in exposition. Number two, you said the General Assembly is not in session. Someone said to me recently, "Uh, you know, uh, you guys get paid for working all year, but you only work for six months, and I I don't think that's right. You shouldn't get paid for all year. You guys should be in there working right now. And I want to say this to you, Mr. Bouchard, and to our listening audience, Be grateful that the General Assembly is not in session right now. Be thankful (laughs) that we can only be there six months out of the year. Because the the, the wallet of the taxpayer and the lives of the citizens are far better when the General Assembly is not in session and there to do nothing but just muck everything up.
0: Next topic, terrorism. So there has been... um Uh, chatter on uh, national talk shows uh, that uh, we've had our borders open now since uh, Biden has been president. Very easy to get into the country on the southern side. And incidentally, not too tough to get in from the Canadian side. There are so many ways to just cross over in the woods and all of a sudden you're in the United States and so forth. Very easy to get here. Uh, Some people uh, in the chatter that on the national talk shows have been saying that uh, among the um, the people coming in, it wasn't just uh, immigrants uh, or migrants, rather from uh, from El Salvador or Guatemala or Mexico, but um, also um, terrorists have come over the line, and they're in the United States. There are terror cells all over the country, and we should expect very shortly um, that we will have our own. A rash of terrorism, like we did when Obama was president of the United States. Remember all those, uh, all those shootings and and so forth. What, do you remember that? I do remember. You do. Okay. So, should we expect this within the next year that the the ter- terror cells are going to uh, do, to try to uh, kill Americans, or is this just an anti-Muslim, uh, shall we say, uh, cry that? Uh, is just going to be called racist until it happens of course no it's not
1: an anti-muslim anything because people like to say that catholics are bad and they go back to all the things that happen in the church but catholics don't believe that if you don't believe in catholicism i need to kill you i mean that's not a core belief of the catholic christian no i wasn't taught that no faith okay that is a very big part of that religion that that you must be, you must believe or be subjugated. That takes on a, a geopolitical um, tone and tenor that's very dangerous. And I say that, I suspect that there are going to be events in the United States. There are going to be situations where people have already who are already here or are coming here from a poorer southern border. And I just think it's a, it, it really is amazing to me that this continues. Uh, because when you see people leaving countries for asylum, when they're fleeing violence, they're fleeing oppression. They have their wives and children with them. When you're fleeing war, you bring your family. When you're going to war, you go alone and you see a lot of young, able-bodied single men coming across the border and you got to ask yourself where are they going what are they doing why are they here and i think that answer is going to be found out in the in the near future i've never been only time will tell huh i've never been a stronger advocate of the second amendment than i am now because some of the people that survived in israel actually own their own weapons and they were able to defend themselves and so i'm not saying it's going to be bedlam out there i'm just saying um the worst time to want a gun is when you really need one roger
0: i want to thank you for uh, chatting uh, with us uh, this morning on the program and uh, uh, do you have any closing remarks uh, before uh, the election on <laughs> november 7th <laughs> well I, uh, are I, you a write-in candidate for congress no i would
1: just say <laughs> you know uh, who feels like it um all I can say is thank you for being here. It, it, this was nice. This was. I, I I would like to do kind of do this again if we can. Yes,
0: I I think uh, it gives us a chance to to get a little bit of far afield to uh, things that we don't normally talk about, and uh, and my topic list is a mile long. So anytime, uh, anytime we can. Mesh schedules, again, will do that, all right. Yeah,
1: I, I appreciate the opportunity. I'll be back with the Friday edition, the Saturday soapbox. And, uh, and based on Sandra's earlier email, uh, how she seemed to be fawning over me, I'm going to have her be my <laughs> lead negotiator in my salary negotiations <laughs> that are coming up. Yeah, so, so, so she'll be my lead negotiator in my contract negotiations. So get your legal team ready. We're going to be sitting in a very large boardroom. And we're going to negotiate my very extensive pay.
0: Yeah, you're going to be negotiating with Dick Bouchard. You know what that means? (laughs) That means zero minus. Early bird specials from um, Savini's Pomodoro. And um, so I mentioned we went to a restaurant last night. We're headed there Friday Friday evening uh, to the Pomodoro. Now, if we get there between 4 and 5.30, we'll enjoy the early bird specials. If we get there after 5.30, well, uh, then, um, and that's probably the case, we'll, uh, we'll dine from the regular menu. But I can tell you that their bolognese is really special. I can tell you that their eggplant parmesan is really special. And always order roasted potatoes. Uh, we are Savini's Pomodoro, Italian kitchen and bar. Remember, half price on wine bottles on Tuesday night, too. And um, also, at Ciros and the Pomodoro, Monday through, uh, well, actually not Monday because I closed. Tuesday through Friday, $1 oysters at the bar between 4 and 6. $1 oysters at the bar between 4 and 6. Tuesday through Friday at the uh, Pomodoro and at Cirros, And we thank them for being I saw uh, Jill Moylan the other day in the bank, and um, she said um, that uh, the advertising here on WNRI brings them in, and uh, we appreciate that you um, um, mention our program. And again, thank you, uh, John Brien, for uh, being here. We'll talk again, all right? Thank you, Mr. Bouchard. Good day, everybody. This has been WNRI's Upfront. Presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Up front is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI socket. It's coming up to 9 o'clock in the morning. It is 54 degrees. Your top stories are next from the Salem Radio News Network. And then Recipe for a Good Day with Jeff.